Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, just to start out, Happy New Year if you're listening to this in real time. Last week, we did a Q&A episode to start to put a wrap on Season 11 of the Firetime Podcast. And as you guys know who have been listening, our rhythm with the podcast is... Every fall and every spring, we do a dedicated season of episodes where I look for a specific theme and specific guests to cover uh, a topic that seems to be relevant for our industry right now. And what we do in between are Firetime Magazine rapid reaction episodes where we listen to an audio article from the Firetime Magazine together, and then I hit record and give you my immediate rapid reaction to it. And so that's what we're going to be doing for the next number of weeks until we get to season 12 of the Firetime podcast that's going to start the week after the HPB Expo. So as I was looking through Firetime Magazine audio articles to listen to and give rapid reactions to, I felt like with the timing of this episode's release being on January 2nd, we needed to do something that was reflective and puts us in a position to take advantage of this new year. And in the December issue of the Firetime magazine, I actually wrote an article that's called Ending Well, How a Rhythm of Reflection Increases Wisdom and Fortitude. And it's basically about how to take a reflective approach to your life at the end of the year so that you can set your new year up for success. And uh, normally I don't like to give too many rapid reactions to my own articles because that can get borderline arrogant quickly. But I felt like with this particular piece, there's a few extra things that I'd like to unpack. So with that said, we're going to listen together to my article, and then I'm going to hit record and give you my rapid reaction to it. Ending Well, How a Rhythm of Reflection Increases Wisdom and Fortitude by Tim Reed. If there's one thing that's true about our industry, it's that it's easy to get swept away by the current every fall and winter. Many business owners feel the wave crash overhead in the first week of September, and by the time they come up for air, it's already March. As this continues year after year, many people wonder when things will ever be different. But the reality is that nothing around us will change unless we do first. My friend Alex Judd says that experience is nothing, but evaluated experience is everything. And fortunately, the end of the year provides an amazing opportunity to reflect on the experiences from the previous year, evaluate them, and learn from them. I would argue that without that rhythm of reflection and contemplation, it's nearly impossible to attain wisdom. Even in the rush of the season, you can build a cadence of reflection that calms the storm around you, reveals what's most important in the here and now, and illuminates what needs to be done in the future. As we come to the end of the year, Here's a simple framework of contemplation to evaluate the experience you've had over the last 12 months, learn from it, and apply the wisdom you discover. Part 1. Make Intentional Time I find that I do my best thinking when I'm out of the office, in particular when I'm out on a walk or at a coffee shop. If you're anything like me, it's easy for your brain to get stuck in ruts as you do the same thing day after day. 
but I found that a physical change of scenery often shakes me out of those ruts and helps me think about things in new ways. With that in mind, I would recommend taking 30 minutes every week this month to go for a walk or sit down at your local coffee shop with a pen and paper. This simple act of intentionality alone will do wonders for your ability to prioritize and get things done. It might seem crazy to make this kind of time investment every week this month, but I found that 30 to 60 minutes of focused reflection in a given week sets me up for significantly higher productivity throughout the rest of it. As we do the same thing repeatedly, we get desensitized to it, and it's easy to continue banging our heads against the same wall without looking up. But by taking time every week to reflect and contemplate, it helps us see above and around many of the problems we face, and ultimately find solutions for them. You can get started by scheduling the time. Right now, in your calendar, schedule a 30-minute appointment each week this month. Even though it's a meeting with yourself, Treat it like it's with your most important client, and don't let it get pushed aside. Part 2. Ask the right questions. Now that you've scheduled the time, what do you do for those 30 minutes? You start by asking the right questions and thinking about reflecting on your answers. If you're new to carving out intentional space like this, it's easy to get focused on questions like, Who do I need to get back to this week? Did I order all the parts for the Smith job? While there's a time and a place for these questions, these aren't the right questions to ask right now. If you want to evaluate your experience over the last year, consider asking yourself each of these questions over the course of this month. Why do I continue to get up and go to work? Starting with the question of why puts us in touch with our motivations, or lack thereof. Often, I've found during times of dryness in my life, I've lost my connection with why I'm doing what I'm doing. Likewise, when I'm most focused and motivated, even in the midst of extreme difficulty, it's because I'm in touch with why my work matters and who it serves. Being in touch with your why gives you fortitude and clarity as you push through opposition. Once you've rediscovered your why, you're ready to move on to the following questions. What did I do in the first quarter of this year? What did I do in the second quarter of this year? What did I do in the third quarter of this year? And what have I done so far in the fourth quarter of this year? These are amazing questions to ask, and I've found that the best way to reflect on them is to open up my calendar and slowly go through the previous year. When I reflect on the first quarter, I look at my calendar week by week in January, February, and March. The same goes for quarters two through four. This rhythm never ceases to amaze me because it puts me in touch with who I was at those times of year, and it often shows me how much was actually accomplished during that time. Now that you reflected on the entire year, quarter by quarter, you're ready for the next question. What do I know now that I didn't know at the beginning of the year? I love asking this question after I've reflected on what I've done over the course of the year because, without fail, there are all kinds of things I now know that I was clueless about 12 months ago. By taking time to think about what I've learned, I found it shows me why certain things I did over the course of the year failed, or where I went off course. Reflecting on your own experiences over the last year with the wisdom you have now allows you to relive them and learn from them so you're prepared the next time you encounter something similar. Time and time again, I'm prepared for new situations because of reflection on past experiences, both good and bad. At this point in the reflection process, you're ready to move from reflecting on what you did to evaluating whether it was worth it. 
Here's a question to help you do that. Have I been focused on the right things? This question cuts deep, and that's why it's worth asking. Because, again, as you grind away in the day-to-day, it's easy to lose focus on doing what's best because you're so fixated on doing what's in front of you. Spending time and reflection around this question affirms where you've been on track and inspires you to continue. Likewise, it can shake you out of complacency where things need to change and give you direction for what will actually move the needle. Remember, it doesn't matter how nicely the furniture in the living room is being arranged if the house is on fire. Another way to evaluate whether you have your priorities in order is to reflect on how you've impacted others by asking this question. Who have I made a difference with this year? At the end of the day, the only lasting impact we'll make is our impact on people. Everything else will fade away. So who are you investing into? Thinking about this question puts you in touch with what actually matters and can inspire you to continue, or to get started. I found that sacrificing productivity to invest in people is always the right decision. After working through the previous questions, you're now in a spot to think about what's next, which you can do by considering this final question. What are the most important things for me to do in the new year, and why? My guess is that all kinds of things will be bubbling up as you reflect on and evaluate your experience over the last 12 months. The questions up until this point put you in touch with your experience, giving you wisdom for the future. Now, it's time to apply it. Based on everything you know now, What are the most important things you need to do in the new year? And why are those the most important over everything else you could do? Part 3. Write it down. The key to the last section is asking the right questions and reflecting on them. After that, it's time to write down what you've been thinking about. For me, I take a lot of notes on my phone as I walk. Something about the rhythm of getting the blood moving and being out in creation helps me think creatively and reflect honestly. No matter how you do it, writing a few short sentences in response to each question after thinking about it for a while will force you to be exact in your answers and honest with yourself. You can do this at the coffee shop as well. Bring a notepad with you, and after a time of focused reflection, write down your thoughts in response to each of the questions you posed. The key is to do this free from distractions. For me, this can mean setting my phone into airplane mode before I go on my walk. When I'm at a coffee shop, it means putting my phone somewhere I can't see it so I can be focused and present. As I write this, it's behind my laptop screen, and I have no idea if it's lighting up with notifications. My recommendation is to physically write your responses to these questions in a notebook rather than on a computer so that distractions are less of a temptation. If you do decide to use a laptop or tablet, turn off your internet and write down your reflections in a basic notes app. The physical act of writing or typing your thoughts does something to you. It forces you to be specific in what you think. To quote Sir Francis Bacon, Reading maketh a man full, conference a ready man, and writing an exact man. In a world full of noise and distraction, you need to be focused and exact. This rhythm of writing will solidify the abstract thoughts in your head into concrete ideas of action. Part 4. Share with others. Now that you've reflected on your experience and evaluated it, what's next is applying that new wisdom, and I would argue that can only be done if you share your reflections with others. 
For me, sharing my reflections with others invites their wisdom into my world and allows me to calibrate my actions rather than fly ahead with my own intuition. Not only that, but explaining what I've learned about myself over the last year to others and sharing my priorities for the new year puts me on the hook and makes me accountable in ways that I wouldn't be otherwise. Now, if you want this rhythm of reflection and contemplation to solidify in your own life, find others you know and teach them the framework. They say that you don't actually know something until you've taught it, and I would largely agree. Teaching forces you to ask if you actually believe what you're sharing, and, assuming that you do, it then forces you to live in line with it, because no one wants to be a hypocrite. I've found time and time again that teaching the things I've found to be true ingrains them in me in more ways than I could have ever imagined. So as you close out this year, take the time to reflect on the last 12 months and set the example for others around you to do the same. You'll find this time to be a shelter from the chaos around you and an encouragement for the work you've done and are continuing to do. Building a foundation of reflection and contemplation will lead to a future of wisdom and fortitude. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that article. It was kind of cool going back and listening to it, even though I just wrote it, you know, a, a little over a month ago. It, it's something that really sticks with me um, because I think that it's easy for people to get experience yet not have wisdom. And it's because that experience is often not evaluated. And I think that the Alex Judd quote of, experience is nothing, but evaluated experience is everything really holds true for us in our industry. You know, going through that rhythm of reflection at the end of the year is something that I've found to be very, very helpful. And again, it puts me in touch with who I was. It makes me evaluate the experiences I've had, and it sets me up to start to have a successful new year. But this rhythm of reflection by itself is only half of the equation. And I actually haven't written this yet, but as, I, as I'm as i listening to this article, I think that the article I'm going to write for the January issue of the Firetime Magazine is going to be about starting well. You know, how do we, how do we have a framework that we can go through at the start of a year, at the start of a quarter to plan where we want to go and use wisdom to try and uh, make sure it's, it's the right direction. So with the end of this episode, rather than reflect on the article, because I think that that does speak for itself, I actually want to talk about a rhythm of starting well. So if even now, if you didn't do the things that that article talked about, you still have time in January to go back over your year and, and have a rhythm of reflection. But what do we do now, now that we're looking ahead, now that we've reflected? I want to share a rhythm that has been incredibly helpful for me. And I've mentioned it in passing on this podcast before. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago when we went through our core values episodes. We talked about it some then. But this is a rhythm that I believe every company should follow. And it doesn't matter how big or how small you are. I think that, that this rhythm will set you up to do the right things and it gives the proper amount of constraint to make sure things don't go off the rails, but it also leaves a lot open for changes of direction as needed. So at the beginning of every quarter, and again, you know, at the beginning of the year is a great time to start this. Me and my team at Wi-Fi get together for usually about a half day out of the office 
And what we do is we go through a rhythm of reflection and planning. And for us, what this looks like is it starts with our company's mission and our company's core values. I'm actually staring at these right now as I record this because I've got them posted on my wall here where our mission is we give our partners the tools they need to take control of their businesses so they can enjoy life and create prosperity. And what we do is we just talk about that mission as a team. Where did we live into that over this last quarter? Now, if it's the new year, we can just talk about over this last year. Where did we live into this? Where did we fall short? How does this mission feel as we're approaching this new year? We talk through that. And then we go through each one of our core values. And we have eight core values at Wi-Fi. And I'm just going to fire through those really quick. Default to generosity. Always be in touch with our partner's experiences confront the brutal facts about our company, seek innovation wherever we can find it, be honest with our partners, especially when it's difficult, trust each other to make the call, view limitations as opportunities, and don't take ourselves too seriously. What we do is we talk through each one of those and we just ask again, where have we been living into these? Is there anywhere that we've fallen short? And we'll talk about specific instances over the last quarter, or in this case, over the last year, where somebody on the team really stepped up to the plate and exemplified this. And what we find is that by going through this every quarter, it does something to infuse purpose and direction into our company before we've even made decisions and what we're going to do over the next quarter or over the next year. And and you can only do this if you have core values that are really tactile and, and tangible. You know, if your core value is integrity or quality, I, I, I don't know how you reflect on that. But if you if you really have tangible core values that you can look at a situation and say, hey, when this happened, our, our team member here stepped up to the plate and they exemplified this in a way that was just incredible. So we find that this brings the team together. Now, as we look ahead, there are two different ways that we look at the things that we want to do long-term goals and objectives. So in our company, we have five goals and the five goals that we have are very, very long-term. I think that the nearest one is like two years away from you know, the date we're trying to achieve it. And, and some of them, it could take us a hundred years before we accomplish that goal, but we have five goals in the company and those goals can change, but they rarely do. It takes, it takes a lot to change one of the goals because as, as we review quarter by quarter, we, we believe in them so much, but what we do is we talk about those five goals. So if somebody was to ask, Hey, where's Wi-Fi are going? What's Wi-Fi are trying to do? We jump straight to those five goals. These are the five things we're trying to do and nothing else. And and I would advise your company to have two to five goals. I wouldn't do any more than five because I think that that just, it, it sets things up for chaos. When, when everything's important, nothing is important. And I believe a company should only have two to five goals. Doesn't matter how big you are. Doesn't matter how small you are. Two to five goals that you're trying to achieve long-term. Then we break those goals into objectives and we map it out quarter by quarter. So as an example, one of our goals has to do with developing tools for the sales process all the way from initial customer interaction to where the customer places a deposit for their project. And we want to build tools for every single step of that customer journey. 
And so what we do is quarter by quarter, we look ahead and we say, okay, in quarter one of 2024, in order to accomplish this goal, what are some of the things that we really need to do? All right. In quarter two, what would be some of the things that we need to do in quarter three, quarter four? And and generally, we are are mapping things out three to seven quarters ahead, depending on the goal. And and as we get further and further out, there there's less and less things on the board. But this allows us to frame a direction so that we actually have a path to try and achieve that goal based on what we know now. Okay, so so this is something that that we built out years ago. And what we do at the beginning of the year in this half-day session is we talk through, like I said, each one of our goals and we ask, how does this feel with what we know now? Does this still feel like a relevant goal for the company? Do we need to change direction? And like I said, we don't change goals often, but there have been times where we say, now this this goal, the, the deeper that we get into this, this isn't the, the major priority of the company. We actually need to shift it to this. And, and that's totally fine to do. Now, after that, we go through our objectives. And, and for us, we track this on just a really simple you know, spreadsheet. And in a given quarter of our five goals, we might have three to eight objectives for any one of those goals. So, you know, there's probably, uh, I don't know, 25 objectives on this board in a given quarter, maybe 30, maybe less than that. But what we do is we go through every single one of those from the past quarter and we just simply mark it green or red. Red, we didn't do it. And green, we accomplished it. It's just as simple as that. There's nothing that's left not green or red. Now, once we've looked at what we've done the last quarter in green or red, we ask the question, what do we know now that we didn't know three months ago at the beginning of the quarter? Now, we'll often ask again, what do we know now that we didn't know a year ago when we're, when we're doing this at the beginning of the year? But time and time again, what we find is objectives that we set just three months earlier that didn't get done, didn't get done because they actually turned out not to be important. And so in that case, we just say that. Yeah, as we get deeper into this, this just didn't feel that important, so I didn't do it. Now, there are other times, though, where we look at this and say, yeah, this was important, and we, and we failed to do it. So we actually need to move it ahead into this quarter or one of the future quarters. And what this rhythm does is it allows us to calibrate where we can look at a quarter objectively and say, hey, we did the most important things or we failed to do the most important things. And then we look at our upcoming quarter. So for our upcoming quarter, there's going to be objectives on it that were previously set in prior quarters where we said, hey, we want to do this in quarter one of 2024. Well, what we do is we look at all the things in the previous quarter that didn't get done. And we look at where do they go? If it's going to go into quarter one, does that overload what we have in quarter one, where something that we had in quarter one needs to get moved to quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, or even into a future year? This happens all the time. And what it allows us to do is to plan our workload, where we can look at a quarter, as an example, like the, the fourth quarter of, of uh, 2023, we made some huge pushes. And we were, we were overly ambitious. And we, we kind of knew that going into it. But we have a number of things that we just couldn't get pushed quite across the finish line. So a number of those are moving into quarter one of 2024. And some of the things in quarter one are moving to quarter two and et cetera. But this rhythm of planning what's most important allows your company 
to have clarity. Now, as we mark these objectives down, every objective has a timestamp of when we want to get it done, and it also has a person that's assigned to it. So every objective can only have one owner. There cannot be two. It's got to have one owner. And again, this allows your team over the course of the quarter to keep their objectives in front of them and know the things that are most important. And our rhythm as we do this is after we have talked through our objectives and we've, we've looked at our goals and everything, we then send the team out our quarterly plan that has our five goals and it has all of our objectives for that quarter with a timestamp on each one of when we want to get it done and a name of who owns that. And actually every week of the quarter, we email that back out to our team and we update it with green and red as things get accomplished. Now, what I find is this by itself won't completely pull you out of the whirlwind. And we find that even meeting every three months about this, we are still prone to wander, right? Our hearts are, you know, they're, they're distracted easily. But every single week to have our goals and objectives emailed to us and, and know that these objectives are the most important thing we can do unless something cataclysmic happens in the company. These are the most important things to do. It often gives us clarity to be able to do that work that matters most. So I think I'm actually going to write an article about this. Like I was saying, I, I think I'm going to call it starting well, and uh, we'll see if I have time to turn that around for the, the January issue of the magazine, which drops next week. But, but I think that this is a part one and two where ending well with the rhythm of reflection, it will increase your wisdom and fortitude. And that leads into starting well. And I don't know what the title will be. Maybe it'll be how a, how a, a cadence of, of planning and evaluation set your company, you know, up for the right direction. What what we find with this is that by going through every 3 months, it allows us to course correct very quickly. If we start going down the wrong path, the worst case is that we only go down it for 3 months and then we can just nip it in the bud right there. But often we find because the stuff is always in front of us that we can talk in real time. And as great ideas come up, what we do is we say, okay, Let's throw this on the board to talk about in our next quarterly planning session, right? That's the, that's the rhythm of how new ideas happen is if, if they're good enough to make it onto our objectives, it's going to become a priority. And if it's not a big enough deal to make it into our objectives, well, if it happens and happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but we're not going to put a bunch of time and effort into it because there's more important things. So I hope you guys got some value out of listening to that audio article and about this idea of a cadence of starting well. I found this just to be a very, very powerful rhythm that I've seen work in other companies as well. And I think whether your company is giant or tiny, that this can really, really help. Now, before we go, I do want to remind you that if you have not subscribed to the Firetime Magazine yet, you absolutely have to do that right now. Stop whatever you're doing and subscribe to it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you punch in the Firetime Magazine, you'll see our sister podcast, the Firetime Magazine podcast, where once a month we publish the majority of our articles in an audio article format. Now, if you want to read these articles, you can just simply go to itsfiretime.com slash subscribe. Throw in your name and your email address and you'll get on the list every single month to get this digital magazine 100% free. So guys, thanks again for listening. 
I hope this new year starts out incredible for you and that you can put some of these things into practice to set 2024 up to be an incredible year. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn.